What's going on, everyone? It's Chris here with another bonus episode. In this bonus episode, we shared the audio from the recent 12-hour live event we did back in April. In this segment, Ray and Kim discuss a lot of things regarding education, but they really focus in on Kim's book, Fight Song, which details the six steps anyone can take to achieve passion, power, peace, and purpose. Let's take a listen. Okay, we are officially back for 12 hour live and I am joined by Kim Beard and Kim, how's your day going? I'm doing great. How are you holding up? How many hours? We, are we in 10 hours here now? What are you working on right now? <laughs> I, I think we're at 10 hours or 11 hours. I think this will be our, you know, like we have one more after this. So we're really at the tail end. But I'm thinking that this segment's going to bring all the energy. You know what I'm saying? Like all the fun. Well, I hope so. So I have actually been at school today. I don't want to promote that everybody should spend all their Saturdays at school either. We balance, but we are trying to pull off a musical, socially distanced masked musical. <laughs> so, so I've been here with the kids practicing choreography today and they're in better shape than I because they can do it with these masks on and still dance like you've never seen before. And, um, but I couldn't really dance with them. So I'm ready to be doing something because you know, I, I was just kind of sitting there watching and, and, and everything. I, I'm of no help when it comes to the choreography. <laughs> So we'll be really active in this segment. I have no doubt that that's going to happen. This will be full of energy. I love all the green hearts already. Kim, we did start a tradition uh, the last 12-hour live. This is our third that anytime you say the word better, everyone needs to flood the comments with green hearts. And it has been quite effective. So shout out to Megan who created that last 12-hour live. It's been so fun. I love that. That's so great. That's very cool. Yeah, it's so fun. So, Kim, I do have to joke because in the brain break, at the last hour, I know you tuned in at the very end, it, it was all shenanigans because they, it was the time that we should turn our brain off and just laugh and giggle. And they made fun of me quite a bit about how much of a fan I am of you. And I say that because I want the world to know I am a fan of you, Kim, but also because whether you know it or not, you have severely impacted my life as an educator. And I just so appreciate that about you and va value that about you. And I'm so excited to bring your knowledge and continue to celebrate you with the Teach Better family. So if people haven't been connected to you, and this was their first introduction to, you know, who everybody wants to know Kim Bearden, would you mind sharing a little about yourself to start us off? I would be happy. And first of all, thank you, Ray. It is mutually, uh, mutually a uh, relationship here. I think that you're the, just the greatest. So uh, you inspire me. So thank you for saying such kind things, first of all. But uh, yes, yeah, so I am the co-founder of a school called the Ron Clark Academy in Atlanta. I'm also the executive director here and I also teach. I teach. So I'm an administrator and a teacher. I teach language arts to students. Our school is a school for students in fourth through eighth grade. And um, I think what maybe makes us very distinctive is that we actually train not only students or teach students, but we also train teachers. And so educators from around the world actually come to our school when it's not a global pandemic. Doesn't everything we say need parentheses? that say when it's not a global pandemic. Okay. Um, they've started coming now, but not that we can't have to limit numbers now. But um, educators come to our school. They sit in our classrooms. They watch us teach and take our methods and ideas back. 
not because we're perfect, because y'all, there's no such thing as a perfect teacher, but because we all benefit when we watch each other, right? You know, when you get to see someone else in action, you get ideas of things you can do. Um, so over 85,000 educators have visited our school from around the globe. This year, we've been doing a lot of virtual work, like I know you have too, Ray, and trying to reach more people that way as well. And so um, I love what I do, and, and we provide a lot of professional development training. I'm also an author. I'm a wife. I'm a mama. And a lot of other things, like everybody listening, we all have multiple jobs, don't we? So so many hats, Kim, so many hats. And I do have to say that it, I'm actually so excited if you've not connected with Kim, because there's so much now for you to go learn and consume and interact with and celebrate. That was, I think that was kind of the fun part so early on that the moment I connected with you and the work you were doing it just all continues to then be spiraling and immersive. The work you do with teachers, the work you do with students, the books, the, just every element. I just so you're always eager to share. I so appreciate that about you. That's really the teach better mindset here, too. We want to share as much as humanly possible. Thank so you. And Dave, thanks for the comment. I heard what you said. It was sweet before. So I guess I owe you an email telling you you're great. <laughs> telling you that you're great, Dave. So thank you for that. No, Ray, I, I told you know, you all, I've told Ray, some of you all probably get Ray's emails. And I know that she, you know, sends emails like, you know, large blast emails, but you are masterful at making everybody who reads your words feel like you're talking directly to them. So I want to tell you, I love that because I'm, I'm all about being authentic and real and connecting with people. And my gosh, right now we've, we've learned, if nothing else during the pandemic, um, it's reiterated how important relationships are and rapport and, and, and connecting with people and, and making people feel seen and noticed because, my gosh, it's just been such a hard year for everybody. So I think you're masterful at that. Oh, you're so good. Let's talk about the value of connection because that continues to be something that everybody's working on right now. And one of the things that I want to highlight is when you visit the Ron Clark Academy for, for any sort of training, any sort of visit that people get to experience, you guys immediately right off the gun want people to feel like family. And I think that that approach is so special. Can you tell me about your philosophy with that? Yeah, you know, in schools, we throw around the name family a lot, don't we? Like we say, oh, we're a family. But, you know, what does that really mean? If, if we're going to say that, we really have to model that, right? And some of your kids come from very healthy families and some do not. So we have to exemplify that as the adults. Like, what does that really mean? And, and it doesn't mean you always like everything everybody does, but it means I got your back. I'm there for you. I, I want what's best for you. I'm here to support you. I'm happy when good things happen to you, not just when they happen to me. And so those are the kinds of things that we really try to instill in our students, you know, that it's it's a gift to be as happy for one of your classmates when they have success as it is to be excited and proud when you do something well. So we really try to emulate that with um, with our staff. And, and it's a big part of like, as soon as we have someone join our family, we talk about that. Um, Ron and I, because we're both the administrators, we tell our staff that and one of the greatest things that they can do is to do this. Um, and that is bond together as a staff, because um, if we do this, it gives us the strength to be able to do this. You know, if we're in this together um, in teaching, it can be lonely. You know, you're surrounded by hundreds of people sometimes, but we're kind of siloed off. Right. You could work with amazing people, but you never really get to interact with them. You go in a room, you close the door and then it's just these little faces looking at you. And and so we really work hard. And not only do we work hard to and uh build that with our staff, but even the families of our staff. Like we have this new ex uh, expansion. We got a performing arts center we're so excited about, but we have this, you know, the teacher lounge kitchen area, you know, where teachers can come and, and meet up. 
we asked everybody to send in a couple of pictures of, of their family, like they just meant something to them. And it could have been anybody. When we say family, it could be their best friend or just people who mean something to them. And we they didn't know what we were doing with them. And then when you walk in, all the walls are covered with all of their family members. And it's because we wanted to feel like it's home. And we want when their family members come to the school to go, oh, you know what? It, it takes a lot to be a, a spouse or a partner or, you know, somebody who's there for the, the RCA family. So they recognize that we're a part of this, too. So it's just kind of permeates everything that we do. And when guests come, um, we, we tell kids, you know, this is our home. And so when guests come, what do you do when someone comes to your home? You make them feel welcome. And so. That's a big part of it as well. You know, cheering for people, hugging when there's not a pandemic, um, <laughs> all those kinds of things that we like to do. Well, and it's so funny, Kim, because not only can you be inspired by the work you're doing, but there are some very easy strategies that you share, that your entire staff shares, that everybody I know you're connected with shares, that teachers can literally go the next day and implement in their classrooms. And some of them are instructional practices. But a lot of them also are culture practices, things that we should bring back to our classrooms and, and our whole school buildings. And one of the, the easiest ones you mentioned is hanging up photos of students and members of the staff and family members that are associated with both the students and staff. Because how easy is it to hang a picture, but how meaningful is it to see yourself and to see those you care about on a wall? That was just one of the many takeaways I know so many educators have learned by visiting and learning from all of you. Yeah, you know, it's funny because you'll walk in in schools and I know we have limited budgets and everything. I, I'm very blessed that we're in a beautiful facility because educators do come from all over and companies want those educators to have a beautiful experience. So we've had sponsors to help with the, the beauty of this facility. But even before I was here, I would put pictures of the kids who are actually in the school instead of like, you know, you put it in this Garfield poster or this picture of these random uh, clip art of kids that don't really go there. Why not? Even if it's just copying on the copy machine put pictures of the kids who are in the school because then they feel like, oh, this is my home. It's got my picture on the wall. And we have every kid who goes to the school, their picture is somewhere so that they feel like this is who I am. Yeah, that's that's a beautiful way to just make it feel really inclusive and like it's it's a welcoming, warm space. It's, it's really important to be able to do. Yeah, that's not only been a strategy I know that I took like immediately away, but I've seen educators just really hold on to because it's such an easy thing to do. You get a computer, a color printer, even a black and white printer, and you print off a bunch of photos and all of a sudden the whole room changes. In addition to that, though, there's a lot of other stuff that I know people can take yeah. away. And one I do want to touch on only because I think it's so funny that you're wearing black, I'm wearing black, our, our, our outside here is black, is the houses. I just have to... At, like touch on the houses. Tell me a little bit about the house system. Okay. So we love, all right. So I, I know there are a lot of people out there that have seen Harry Potter. So, you know, we, we, we were the originator of the whole idea to ever have houses. Harry Potter was, but we have created a house system that is replicated all over the globe now, which is really exciting. Everywhere. But we have student houses. Uh, we have Altruismo, which is Portuguese to give, Amistad, Spanish for friendship. We have Isabindi, which is Zulu for courage. And we have, um, what did I forget? Rever, which is French for dreaming. But um, we also have other houses as well that we have um, items available for schools. But we actually, our students are divided into houses like Harry Potter. On the very first day of school, we have this massive wheel, which is like our sorting hat. And students go up to it who are new to the school and they spin the wheel and they run up the stairs and they slide out a slide. And whatever house the wheel lands on, that's their house for four years actually not just for four years that they're here though, it's actually their house for a lifetime because after they leave here, the alumni are still really bonded. So we're all one big family, but the house has really helped to intensify that and in that it's almost like your smaller family, 
like your immediate you know nuclear family in the midst of all the aunts and uncles and cousins right and so during the um course of the pandemic you know we thought well how is this going to work because we're all you know we were virtual for a long time thank goodness we're back in the building now but um it really actually even helped with that because we would have house meetings on the zoom screen and we would still have house cheers but kids would record things and then we would they, you know and then they would splice them together and things like that but it really just gives kids a sense of belonging um, and that's really important because we know that everybody wants to feel like they're a part of something and that they belong and not just that they're not only accepted, but that they really are a part of something where they're embraced and they're celebrated and they're cherished. And so the houses are huge for us um, and our students, they can earn points in houses for citizenship, behavior, um, just getting caught doing the right thing. So it makes it cool to do things well here. And so um, we actually have an app that schools use that we use that's um, where kids when a kid does something well. I can go on this app and I can type in the student's name and then um, I can type in the amount of points. And then immediately even the parent gets a, a little um, a little note saying, oh, your child got house points today. And that's so exciting. And so they can find out why and everything. And so there's even like a global leaderboard where kids from all over the um, they can see, like, how is Amistad doing according to the points with everybody else across the country and around the world who's in Amistad? Like, are they winning globally, even though in their houses um, at their school, they're also competing as well? And at the end of the year, we just have a big celebration, the house champions, and it's a, a thing of big pride for the kids. But um, there, we do have free resources for teachers about that. So if you go to rcahousesystem.com, um, there's like a guide to download. You, we even have like the graphics for everybody. We have everything and it's all free for schools if they want to use it. So I encourage you, if you, if you want to know more about that, it's got a guide. It tells you every single thing you need to know to implement one in your school. I have to tell you, Kim, just from an outsider's perspective. So I originally connected with you my first year teaching, and which was a little less than a decade ago. And I was learning about the house system. It was the first thing we put in place, uh, not first in my classroom, then we you know, took it to our team. And it completely changed when we took it at a team level. I mean, the unity and, and everything in between. And originally, I had no idea how many resources was out there. So we were putting together little things and we had teachers like working after school hours to throw together great resources. And it was incredible, but it really amplified the entire effect when we were able to see not only the resources that you had, but then how many other schools were using it because we could do Skype calls with schools around the world that were implementing the house system, but they were in our house. And it was just such a special feeling for students to connect with somebody and immediately say, we have a connection because we're in the same house. It was so magical. I love that, Ray. And you know what? I, that reminded me that I should tell people that uh, if I can give a plug for this. So we do have two conferences this summer surrounding the houses. We have the RCA House Academy, which is if you don't really yet have enough ideas or you're not sure how to implement the house system, or maybe it's a it's a kind of in its infancy at your school. Um, we have that. It's a two day conference for educators. And then we also have RCA House Con, which is for people who actually use our houses. And it's actually going to be it's going to be just wide open fun. I mean, it's going to have we're going to have some little competitions among the different houses. Everybody can even come all just, you know, geared up at all of their stuff. But um, but we're also, of course, your ideas for how to continue to keep the house system alive and thriving in your school. School. So both of those are in July, but if you go to ronparkacademy.com, um, you can register for those. One thing I do want to mention, is, I think is important, is our school is a nonprofit. So um, students come to us from all over the metro Atlanta area, um, and our students all attend on scholarship. The majority, about 75% of our students come from low wealth situations, not all, but the majority do. And so they attend on scholarships, and we fund that by the educator training. So 
Anytime you do anything to support Ron Clark Academy in any way, what you're doing is you're supporting student scholarships for our amazing, wonderful kids. And we do have kids of all different um, academic backgrounds, kids who have been successful, kids who have not, kids who have really struggled. We have all different kinds of students in our, in our school because when educators come, we want them to be able to see a reflection of the class that they might have because the biggest challenge many of us have is you have kids of all different academic you know, uh, skills and some of their challenges and how do you meet the needs of all of your students. So uh, HouseCon and House Academy are both this summer and we are so excited because we finally opened our doors back up for educators to be able to come um, and we do it safely. Everybody has, you know, you, we wear a mask at this point, but um, people who are vaccinated, um, they come in with people who are not vaccinated. We give them a rapid test. And so everybody who comes in our building is all been tested, including our student population, so that we feel like it's a, you know, it's a safe environment for people to come and visit in person finally. So we're so, so happy to be back open. I was so excited when I saw that. I was thrilled that people are now going back in. And it's such an incredible experience. I have been multiple times. My favorite times have been when I've been able to bring my students. It was really fun to bring my colleagues. Don't get me wrong. But bring in the kiddos for the Amazing Shake, which I want to talk on later, um, which is just a surreal experience because they then get to soak up the magic and bring that back to their peers, which was mm -hmm. so great. I do want to focus a little bit longer on the houses because Candice, who's an incredible Teach Better uh, member, she's an ambassador. She's just so active in our in our family. Was asking about if your teachers get involved in the houses. Can you tell us a little yes. bit about that element? Because obviously the students are involved, but how are the teachers playing a role? Hey, teachers are key. You know, I always say something I say often to groups is that you must exude what you hope to create. You must exude what you hope to create. If you want enthusiastic, joyful, engaged learners, you got to be enthusiastic, joyful, and engaged. Now I know it's been hard. It's been a pandemic. We're all doing, we're pushing through this year. <laughs> you might say, Kim, being passionate this year was getting out of bed and getting into the building right now. Like that's about the best I can do. And, and that's, we understand that. But my point of, of that is that um, the teachers, we at our school, different schools have taken um, and done it their own ways, but we actually let our staff select which house they feel like speaks to them. Um, and so I am in the house of altruism, right? So, uh, and, and we're the givers. And that's something that means a lot to me is to be, have a giving spirit. So for the houses to work, the teachers have to get like so excited. I mean, honestly, sometimes you have to pretend you're even more excited than you are. You have to be just like, Yes. Now I have students who come in my classroom from all the houses, right? They're all different houses in my class when I teach. So it's always good natured fun. Like, oh, I got to give a point to you. That was excellent. I know it's for reverb, but you earned it, you know, and they'll laugh like that and that kind of thing. But we like cheer. We, we, you know, Ron used to his his license plate on his car for years just said reverb. He actually got the license plate made uh, and, and got it approved to say his house on it. And so we we go all out. We're cheering for them. We're supporting them. And then when the houses meet, you know, different staff members are assigned to each house and it's pretty evenly dispersed so that we have several of us over each house to kind of help with navigating and making sure that we're meeting the needs of our kids within it. Yeah. So picking the house was the most intense part for our teachers. Like our teachers are diehard with their house and it made it so fun. And I remember like debating like, no, I have to be in this house. Here's why and match it. You know, like this is my personality. These are all the elements I could bring to the house. So Kim, you actually uh, gave us the challenge during this hour long segment that we want to give away one of your books every 15 minutes because mm -hmm. why not? And so our challenge to our listeners, I hope you've been paying attention. Kim announced that she was a part of Altruismo, which is the best house, black house. I just want you guys to know that I really, you know, sorry, it's the best house. It is what it is. We have a long, you know, line of students who would back us up. But do you remember what language Altruismo was associated with? She said it was the giver. She said she was very generous. 
But the language, the first one to respond, the language will get that book. Will you tell us, Kim, what book will they be winning? Ah, they're going to win a copy of my newest book, Fight Song. So it's six steps to passion, power, peace, and purpose. And so, and honestly, I released it in the middle of the global pandemic. I wrote it before there was a pandemic. Who would have known? But um, none of us could have imagined that. But I wrote it to kind of help. I don't call it a, a teaching book. This is a heart book. It's it's like when you do feel overworked, overwhelmed, you know, underappreciated, unseen. How do you keep pushing through? How, how do you dig deep? How do you find that joy again? And so that's why I wrote it. So it looks like, is it Vicky who said it first? Yes, Vicky, it's Portuguese. Perfect. Okay, so how do I get Vicky's address to get that? So we're making it very easy. Vicki, you are our first book winner. If you could please email Katie at teachbetter.com. Katie will get you all the details and make sure to get the book sent over. Vicki, I'd love to know where you're located in the world. If you don't mind telling us in the chat where you're located, we'll be able to celebrate that as well. And Kim, I do have to, to tell you, um, Katie Miglin, who is a part of the Teach Better team, as she's done incredible work with communication, with organizing this entire 12 hour event. I mean, what an all-star she is helping with the giveaways. I mean, really she's the boss. She was actually uh, the teacher that has joined me at RCA numerous times. So it was really exciting to head there with her. And we were able to bring students for the amazing shake. Now I wanna get into all the things you do kind of in addition to RCA eventually, but I really would love to touch on amazing shake only because I'm hoping maybe some of our audience here would consider participating in that incredible opportunity. I'd love to talk about that. And honestly, we have free resources for that for people that want it. We have a website that give, we, we like to give stuff. Look, we do you have to charge some stuff because we're a nonprofit, but we also <laughs> like, to, we're all about tea. When we start our school, it was always like, how can we affect as many children in the world as we possibly can? Uh, because they can't all come to our school. And we thought through their teachers, if we uplift teachers then we're uplifting kids too. And so um, we like to give away as much as we can too. So, so the amazing shake is a program that was started um, in this world. We all know that, you know, it's very important for our students to learn academics relationships are important, but also how kids know how to navigate those relationships in the real business world. You know, there are so many um, children who are so brilliant and, 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 and adults who are so brilliant, but then perhaps they have to walk into that business room, that boardroom, that situation, and they're not able to share, what they know because they freeze their, you know, that, that anxiety of it. And so we want our kids to feel bold and confident wherever they go, know that they belong in the room. And so um, it is our, our way. We teach our kids here. How do you give a firm handshake when it's not a pandemic? Let's do that. <laughs> Um, so we're not going to do a shake in this year. I mean, like the actual physical shake. But how do you, you know, look someone in the eye if it's culturally okay for your, you know, we understand that some cultures do not want a child to look an adult in the eye. We respect that, of course. But how do you speak with confidence? How do you, how do you interact? How do you engage with other people? How do you have a conversation and follow it up with details? How do you listen and, and make sure that you're paying attention when people are telling you? All of those things we think are very, very important life skills for our students. And we teach that here to our students and it translates because when our students do leave here, not only are they academically prepared, but they tend to be tremendous school leaders. They, they go in for that internship and they get it or they go in for that job interview and they get it or that scholarship. And it's not just extroverted children. That's really important. Um, we teach introverted children because I, I tell all children, I say, if you have all this gifts and talent and knowledge and we don't teach you how to share it with others, then it's like hiding yourself underneath, you know, in the, and we want you to be able to, to shine brightly so everyone can know what you're capable of. And so we teach them that, but every year we've made it kind of fun where we make it a competition. 
So we have a local one. And then we've now, because so many schools, we taught how to do their local Amazing Shake. They We have a national Amazing Shake every year. And we will be having it, I think it's in June. That's also on our website. Um, but last year we had to do it virtually. So, but we do everything from soft skills, interview skills. The students go through a round where they, they go in and we get people from the community to come in, about 30 different people from different business leaders from all different um, walks of life. And when the students come in, they, they meet someone and they have one minute. And so they have to introduce themselves, they have to engage in a conversation, a bell rings, and then they go to the next place and they're scored on their, their poise, their competence, their conversational skills. But because we're dealing with kids and we want this to be fun, we put all kinds of cool little stuff in there. Like they, they never know what's going to come next. Like they may turn the corner and then there's a wedding party literally sitting there. And then all of a sudden they're told they have to give the toast or they go around the corner and it looks like the podium for the president of the United States. And they're like, oh, Madam President or Mr. President, please go address the, you know, the press. And they walk out and they're shot, you know, given all these questions. Or they go around the corner and there's a local television reporter and they're being interviewed about something. Or they go around the corner and all of a sudden it's set up like a fast food restaurant and they're standing there and they're at the cash register and somebody walks up and places an order, but they're complaining about something, you know, and how do you handle that? And then they go around the corner and there's somebody in a hospital bed and they have to go and have, you know, and tell that person, you know, what they recommend they do. Or they walk in and we pretend it's a it's a boardroom. We say sales have been down. Your team, they're really depressed. They're really sad. How you can go in there and motivate them, get them to do what they need to do. I mean, I could go on and on. So it's all these fun little scenarios, but in all of them, it teaches kids to think on their feet, to be able to engage, to be able to have a little fun while they're doing it. And so after we do that, the kids are scored. And then the top students, when it's not a pandemic, they leave the building and they go all over Atlanta to different corporations and businesses where the competition continues until we name our amazing shake winner. And so we want to empower schools to do this because first of all, our kids love it. And, and it's interesting. Many of them now are some of our college students. We have an active alumni association where we, um, we, we zoom with our, all of our alumni once a month. Um, but they said, can we do like a college version? Like we want to go back and do it again. And I was like, well, I, we got to figure that out. But just because, you know, that now that they realized how that was so helpful for them. And so they're saying, like, while well, we're preparing for these job interviews, if we could do that, it would be great. So if you go to theamazingshake.com, um, there you will find we have a guide. We even have like all those little kind of scenarios. We have even like graphics and we even have the sound like a tape with the bell where you can ding it every single minute. We have videos where how you teach your children some of these skills where you can watch and we've shown you how to do it. Um, and so all those resources are available. And then um, if your school does host one and you can send as many kids as you want, we do have a, an event here where the students come to us who are the top students from your school or perhaps even your district and they compete in the Amazing Shake here. And we have a national Amazing Shake winner. So. Amazing. So I want to touch on. Sorry, I was really talking a lot there. I'm sorry. It's just so much. No, it's it's gold, Kim. I want to touch on two specific elements that I love. But first and foremost, for everybody listening, does this all sound too good to be true? Yeah, because it's so exciting. But I'm going to tell you, I have seen this at a multitude of scales. Not only in watching educators begin their implementation and following them on social media, but in my own classroom. I mean, we started houses in my one classroom with my few students, and then we scaled it up. And obviously you're adapting and you're modifying and you're tweaking, but we're encouraging that always on the Teach Better team. You're finding your own way to implement really dynamic opportunities for your students. So even with Amazing Shake, it started with 
you know, an element of the classroom. Now it's like an official club and experience that our students can, can go through. And so as you slowly get started, don't be intimidated by how incredible these opportunities are because the free resources can allow you to do it at any level, regardless of how you're getting started. You know, Kim, one of the elements I loved, and I really do have two I want to highlight, is that you created an intense competition. I mean, like, I think this is one of the most stressful weekends of my year every time we go because I'm stressed and I'm not competing. And yet the students, it's the best weekend of their life. That I mean, it's so fun. I have to know how in the world do you create this experience? Like I'm asking for me because there's no way that you can, like, I don't understand how you do it. It's the most intense weekend. And yet everybody leaves with the biggest smile after everyone's lost. I don't understand. <laughs> I love that. Well, first of all, Jody McNally, I see you. Thank you for that. We love you too. Isn't she? Oh, she isn't Jody just awesome? Okay, so oh, um, thank you for that comment. So, <laughs> so the amazing shake. You know that I, when I started at the very beginning, I said one of the things we always teach our kids is to be as happy for other people as you are for yourself. I mean, that's yeah. so important, right? Isn't that one of the best life skills you could teach kids? And so, that's a big part of it is like teaching kids that oh my gosh, you know what? If somebody in your class wins it. It's just like you want it because it's like that person represents the best of all of us. Isn't that a beautiful thing? And so, but we do a lot of fun, silly things. You know, we always say you work hard, play hard. I mean, <laughs> that's, yeah, you gotta have fun. And, you know, and so that's why, like, we have the, the silly competitions in the midst of the serious ones too. And Ray, I do got, I do have to say, I love that you said that about starting small. When we started this, we just did it like, we just actually invited community volunteers to come and the kids walked down the hall and they met 15 people. And, we, and here's the thing. How do you even find 15 people? Well, it could even be some of your parents and it doesn't even have to be scored. Um, one of the how we originally teach those soft skills to our students is that we do get people from the community. You could go to the Rotary Club. You could go to the link, local bank. You could anyone. go to anywhere, anyone and say, would you just come in my classroom? And um, and I know when it's not a pandemic in the fall, we're going to call it. Everything's going to be good. OK, so would you just come to my classroom? And all I want you to do is just talk to my kids. And what you do is the kids go in and you have the adults standing in different places and the kids have to go up and just go from person to person, sort of like a dinner party. Right. Like some of us I know because I felt this way before you walk into a room and let's say you don't know most of the people in the room and you know it's a networking opportunity, perhaps. Maybe it's even a teacher conference and you're like, oh, my God, there's all these educators. They probably have great ideas. But I feel some anxiety walking in and talking to them. How do I do this? What if you could teach young children to overcome that anxiety? You see how powerful that is. So if you have the students, you know, go from person to person. And if you know who the people are, the first time you do this, what you can do to ease that anxiety is that you can like even pull up bios of those people on LinkedIn or ask them for a little bio about who they are and show their picture and say, kids, these are the people who are coming. Now, like this is Mr. Crumpler. He works for the bank. Um, let's look at what he does. What would be some logical things to ask Mr. Crumpler? Now, if he answered us and maybe we did all that, what would be some other things that don't have to do with his job? You know, what, and you talk about appropriate, inappropriate, because some kids may say something like, you work for the bank, you must be rich. Well, that's not appropriate, right? So, you know, you talk about how, what are the kinds of things that are appropriate? What are some conversational things? How do you respond if, you know, if somebody says, um, you know, what do you like to do in your spare time? And they say, I like art. You don't just go, okay, well, have you ever been swimming? You say, oh, really? What kind of art do you do? Do you like to paint? You know, so, you know, we teach them how to have those conversations and it's powerful. The first time, if I can tell a quick story, uh, right? The first time, um, the very first year we were open. So we've been open 13 years, but I took a group of students. We'd been teaching them these skills. I took them to perform at this event in Atlanta 
at this ballroom with CEOs from all over Atlanta. Okay. So it was a big deal, powerful room and we're a nonprofit. So, you know, like we like people to su help support our school and the mission of our school. So we're there and, you know, normally when a school group is going to perform, you know, they'll have you wait out in the hallway or you're like back behind the little pretend mock stage or something, but they had us lined up against the wall and it was like 10 minutes before it started. And I'm looking around the room and I knew who some of these people were. And I was like, there is so much, like these are like the big corporations in Atlanta. So I went over to the kids. I said, kids, I said, work the room. They said, really? I said, sure. Work the room. They said, yes, ma'am. And they walked and they just went spread out all over this ballroom and they were walking up to people and shaking their hands and everything. And it, it was amazing. So then the little bell rings, they come back, they perform. So on the way home, Willie looked at me, he said, Miss Bearden, he said, we need to have a talk. I said, okay. And he said, we've all been discussing it and we really think we all need business cards. <laughs> I said, I said, you do? He said, yes, ma'am. He said, when we go to these events, everyone gives us our card and I feel very awkward. I don't have one to give and retry. I said, really, they gave you their cards? These kids were pulling out like all of these CEO executives business cards. I was like, I didn't get those cards. They did. And so then that was a lesson because I was able to teach them how do you write an appropriate email uh, it was just following up saying, it was such a pleasure to meet you at so-and-so, you know, I'm a student, da, da, da. I long, you know, I look forward to maybe one day, um, you know, learning more about your business. And some of those kids, they were sixth graders. They actually ended up getting internships even in, in, in college from some of those people they met. And I did get them business cards, but I put um, the school address and contact information just for safety. But I would get, I was kind of their agent. I would get a call and say, I met this most delightful child on the bus and I wanted to hire him to run my corporation. And then I found out like Willie was giving away those cards all through high school. <laughs> so, I was still, so, um, but just, you see how empowered they felt. I mean, how great that is. So it really empowered them. You know, Kim, something I say all the time that was 100% from you and learning from you is that we have community members that are dying to enter our schools. They are eager to be in our schools. They just don't always know how to come in if they're not writing you a check, right? So many right. times we're asking our community members for money, but this is a perfect opportunity to invite a community member in to be themselves, right? They're just coming in and they're engaging with our students and yet they're still learning being had. And I love that opportunity. I actually, we're hitting that 15 minute mark. I think it's time to give away another one of your books. Are we doing the same book, Kim? Yep, same awesome. book. Same book. I love this book. I'm a huge fan for, uh, I know Vicki already grabbed one. So this will be for anybody else. Get your hands on whatever you're typing on, computer or phone. Kim recommended a club that would be great to reach out to that is in a lot of different communities that you could invite to come into your schools. And if you were listening carefully, could you tell us who in the community she was recommending as an example to reach out to? And the reason this resonated with me is because it was the first club I reached out to when I was reaching out to community members. And granted, there are so many clubs out there, people. There are so many adult organizations that exist in our communities that always have volunteer experience or volunteer requirements. But this was a really, really good recommendation. And foolishly, I had no idea what this club was. I had to Google it. And I was like, oh, they have one in Galesburg, which is where I was at the time. And I was like, oh my gosh, that will be so wonderful. Megan Wells, Miss Greenheart herself. Oh my gosh, how fun. Megan, make sure to email Katie uh, at teachbetter.com. I do have to say, Kim, before we get into this next element, I had one more thing I want to touch on and related to um, the work you're doing with Amazing Shake. Are you connected with Mickey Smith Jr.? He just commented. No. Mick Hi, Mickey. So I have to tell you, Kim, Mickey Smith Jr. killed it earlier on this 12-hour live. 
like people mouth open, just, I think people were <laughs> bowing as he was speaking, he had an hour long segment. He is a 2020 Grammy award-winning teacher. And I just think wow. you guys would be so wonderful to connect. So I'm very much recommending, not only you should we guys connect, definitely Vicky, great work. Uh, he's all about the saxophone too. And I know you love music, so I, it's gotta be good. Right. I'm so excited. We've never had a band program here, which I'm embarrassed to say. We, we, we've been trying. We've working on it, but we're going to have a band program next year. I am so excited. Oh, my gosh. How excited. It's huge news. We're all about music. We're always singing and dancing and drumming and everything, but we don't have an instrumental music program because, you know, we're 13 years in, but we are going to have one next year. So, yes, I'm all about Mac. I'm a former clarinetist. I'm still to this day bitter because I wanted to play the flute and they said I didn't have the embouchure for it, but I still... <laughs> But I do. There's so much power in music, right? I, there's so much power in music. So yeah, saxophone. Well, cool. The sax players were always the cool people, Mickey. So I know you're cool. He's so cool, and he was all about uh, the narrative of like allowing students to find their sound and teachers to find their sound. It was a great dialogue, hour long segment. If any of you listening missed Mickey Smith Jr., go tune into him because it was a great segment. But Kim, that was a perfect transition. If you don't mind me taking it, because. You're talking about how you've never had a music program. And yet I would argue RCA was one of the most musical schools that I've ever visited. And I get with the Teach Better team, get to travel all around the US and North America. So I would argue one of the core values that I love, and it goes back to teaching students how to give a handshake and eye contact. It's not a class. You integrate these things throughout the whole everywhere. building, everywhere. Yeah, Tell me about that. Well, I think music is the heartbeat of life. And so, yes, music is everywhere because um, who doesn't like I've never met a soul who admitted they didn't like music. I mean, they may like a certain kind of music, but I think it's it's so powerful. So, yes, we have for years and, and, and like today I was working on the musical. We just haven't had a band instrumental band program. We do teach every all the kids the djembe drum because there's a whole you know, a lot of research and, and power behind drumming as well. That's been really um, helpful for our school. But um yeah, so we use music, we use songs to teach academic content all the time. And that's a, a big thing that we do. Um, a lot of teachers use songs. One thing I would say that I love is that when you are gonna do like full length songs and put as much of that academic content in there as you possibly can. And then the other tip I would have, even though you know we're not the only people to use these songs, is that something I've learned to make sure I go a little step deeper is that when you teach kids song lyrics, um, we shouldn't just use them as a prize, they should be used as a tool. And by that, I mean, let's say you teach this great lesson on World War II and then you stay up all night. You've written this. You've written the best song you've ever written. You're like, I, I killed it. I got all the lyrics. You give it to the you, you teach the lesson. You give the kids go. Yeah. Now we have a song to sing. And the kids are like, yay. And the kids sing the song and then we move on. But they may not have even caught how the words relate to what it was you were teaching. Uh, I always put it in context like this. I say, so let's say you're driving in your car and a song comes on from middle school. And you're like, oh, I love this song when I was in middle school. And you turn it up and you sing because we all sound good in our car, right? And you oh, sing yeah. it to the lungs. And, you're like, and you remember all the words and you're so engaged and you're so joyful. And all of a sudden you go, oh, that's what that song was really about. <laughs> Why did my mama let me listen to that song? She must not know what it meant. Like, you know, you realize. But you see, you, you, you were engaged and you knew the lyrics and you memorized them. So the point is, is that when we're teaching songs to kids, um, 
it's really important just to take a minute and say, y'all, let's take a look at these lyrics. What are these lyrics teaching us? Like that line right there, what is that referring to in the content we just learned? Okay, that part right there, where, you know, because sometimes we're real clever with the lyrics, you play around with them. Like when I say this line, what is it do you think I mean? How does that relate to what we've just learned? And then when you do that, what happens is then they're able to actually use it as a tool for life because years later when they sing that song, they'll still remember that that was what the fact was that it actually helped them remember and what it meant. But we use, um, all kinds of other ways to use music here too. We use lots of chants and cheers to redirect students and, and things like that, but in a joyful, positive way. So many different things like that. It just permeates everything. And when the kids walk into our classes, 99% of the time, there's some kind of music playing from the second they walk in the classroom, all of that, because it just sets the tone, right? It feels good when you walk into a space where there's music that's playing and joyful. Oh, I love that element. It really does set the tone. And I, I actually work um, with Katie Miglin, referring to her again. I know she's still in the comments uh, running the show, but uh, we get to compete how long, you know, how loud our music is in the morning and throughout the day. So I really appreciate, I appreciate the competition, Katie. Thank you for being a, being a part of that, you know, with me every single, you know, day. Let me also give Katie a shout out because she really does. She, you write the best emails, Katie, just to make sure everything was set up, but everybody needed everything they had. So thank you for that. You are, you're, you're awesome. You're very, very organized and efficient and, and on it, on it. Isn't it, you know, Kim, isn't it great to work with amazing people? Like that's really what yeah. it is. Yeah. It is. It's good to work yeah. with great people. You know, yeah, um, I have to ask you something. It's going to be a little painful for me to ask you this because I'm I'm modeling what I hear. I'm not actually, this isn't something I believe. I promise. Don't ruin our friendship yet. <laughs> but all the time when I talk about, you know, engagement, referring to music, something else, people say, well, Ray, you know, I can say, well, Kim, I understand how that could totally work in an ELA classroom. And, you know, but I teach math. So, you know, I can't do that strategy. How do you normally address teachers that have that mindset? Um, well, if it's just about music or any, just anything, right? You're talking about any, like with math, anything. I, you know, I, you know, I would, I would, uh, first of all, I always say, well, you know, you got to find something, you, you know, you may not like that strategy. Like when people come to our school, we teach them so many different things. We say, you're not going to take everything we teach you because not everything is always going to apply to you. Or do you feel like it's what's best for your kids or your needs or your personality either? Right. You know, so. And that's okay too, but I, I, you know, we tell them you, you can't just do the same thing every day. So you got to find ways to mix it up. That doesn't mean you have to like every day be feel like you have to be entertaining, but you do have to find ways to engage. And and look, all of us have sat on more Zoom calls in the past year. Like you know, just sitting and and just doing nothing is really hard. So you got to keep kids moving in some way, even if you don't have the move the way that somebody else does. You've got to keep that music is a great tool, and there's tons of ways to use it in math. My gosh, uh, Ron has a song he's uh, for order of operations like when we begin we begin together parentheses first now please be clever exponents come right next in line we're going to multiply and divide at the same time now subtraction in addition and they know all the order of operations i never forget it but but what i tell people like first of all y'all i can't sing i i know how to read music i know how to play instruments i cannot sing and i tell kids it doesn't matter i i you know what if you can't sing well either it doesn't matter because point is we're using this like a tool so we'll remember it forever you know so that's part of it too um I think sometimes as teachers, teachers just get caught up and they don't want to embarrass themselves or look silly or that kind of thing. And and I think we just have to get over ourselves, honestly, and we have to show that whole go for it kind of thing. Now, and I also think 
that there are lots of different ways to show passion. And, and I talk about that sometimes too. Like, you know, if you come to our school or if you've ever seen Ron Clark, he, he's amazing. And, and the person you may have seen, like, you know, on a clip or in a classroom one day, he's like that all the time. So like, he's, you know, you go in his room, he's leaping from table to table and he's just got all this energy and that's passion. But not everybody in our building leaps from table to table. I often use the example of Susan Barnes because she is the total opposite, but so phenomenal. Like she's an artist and a poet and a musician. And as she speaks, she weaves her words and she's just very different the way that she teaches her class. But that's passion. So you have to do you right? We're all uniquely designed and created and we're all have different personalities and you don't want every classroom to be the same. But when you exude passion, no matter what form it takes, people are drawn to it. Mm -hmm. And so what your enthusiasm looks like may look different from somebody else's. It just may be the way that you question kids. It may be the intensity. It may be the excitement you have over your content area, but you're still, you got that, mm, you got that passion part. It, it gets people's attention. However you display it doesn't mean you have to be loud. Some of the quietest people I know, they have a quiet storm kind of personality. They have passion and you feel it and you're drawn to it. And that's part of what helps to bring kids into what it is you're trying to teach. A hundred percent. I love the comments. They're flowing in, agreeing with everything you're saying. They're like, please keep preaching. I love it. So, so good. <laughs> you know, Kim, I can only imagine with all that you've done in your career, all that you will continue to do in your career, that you have some topics that you're really passionate about and then topics that you're always eager to share about. Can I ask you, and I, I know I'm putting you on the spot, but you've done so much work. You are constantly working with students and educators. You're constantly, it seems like you're always writing books, always sharing. Do you have like a, a single passion that you could say, yeah, all that's true, but this is my soapbox? Or is it hard to pick? Um, I think if you take everything I've ever put out there, <laughs> which is probably a lot, um, at the end, if they all funnel back into to one fundamental thing, and that is our humanity and how we treat one another and love and passion and the, for the relationships, the relationship piece. I think that um, when it comes to students, when you're trying to um, teach them content, if they know that you love them and they really know that, they're going to respond to you differently. If you're trying to discipline or correct a child, um, if they see in your eyes that you have love for them, you can fuss out a child if they know that when you're looking at them, it's because you really want what's best for them. Um, I think that in our spaces as educators with one another, that if we love one another, we celebrate each other and we support each other because my gosh, our job is hard, um, that we're going to be better off. I think if we are with our parents, instead of an us versus them mentality, and we find ways to come to the table and try to seek insight and try to understand each other. And so that whole idea of insight, um, trying to listen sometimes, I know I'm doing all the talking today, but in, no. in reality, you know, you like listening more than you speak and, and, and really seeing our children and, and trying to seek to understand, especially students who have walked a different path from you, who've lived through a different set of circumstances, who come from different backgrounds. All of those things, I think, are just so important, just not only for as teachers, but as human beings. And so um, I am definitely about people. I'm a people person. And the more that we can nurture those relationships, or at least in the very least, try to seek to understand other people, I feel like not only will our classrooms be better, but I feel like our whole world <laughs> will be a better place. Absolutely. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And you know, Kim, I would like to get into, if you don't mind, I know we only have 15 minutes left until we have our last hour of our 12-hour Teach Better Team live segment, which is crazy. I feel like I always get to this point, and this is the third time we've done this. I get to this point, and I'm like, 
guys, I can't believe we made it. Like we're almost there. <laughs> and, it's, and it's so funny because it, it's not that I'd want it to end, but it's like, oh, I'd like to use the restroom or let the dogs out. You know, it's not necessarily that I'm not enjoying all the all the pieces of this entire 12 hour segment, but we really have an hour and 15 minutes left, 15 more minutes with you. I'd like to not only throw um, a, a reminder to our network that if you have questions for Kim, please feel free to put those in the chat. We'd love to get to as many as possible. Like I've said a hundred times, so I apologize. Kim is always eager to share, always eager to celebrate. And so this is a great time to maybe throw out a question you've been wondering for a while. I know we also have one book left that we're going to be giving out today. But Kim, I know that you've published more than just the book that you're featuring today. Would you mind going through what books you have and maybe what led to those messages that you were able to share? Because both books, all, all your books were with DBC. Is that correct? To, no, the first one was with Simon and Schuster that I okay. released. So, so my first book is called Crash Course: The Life Lessons My Students Taught Me, and it really is about that. I, I believe that as adults, that children have so much to teach us about about resilience, about love, about forgiveness, about kindness, about joy, about magic, and and so the whole book, all of my my writing style is always that I tell a story and then there's a message in the story, you know, and then I, I, I this. The points I always try to uh, make are always, you know, brought forth from a story or an experience that I've had or, you know, with students or with other adults or just in my personal life. And so that's what Crash Course was about. And so it really is just a very uplifting, uh, inspirational book. But through it, too, I'm telling stories about things I did in my classroom. So you get a a window into the kind of teacher that I am. Um, My next book was called Talk to Me, Find the Right Words to Inspire, Encourage and Get Things Done. And it really um, is a book that's really full of tools for teachers. It's I give these steps on how do you communicate better? Like when you are having this kind of conflict, but also just in your day to day life, if you if you use the principles I teach, you have less of that conflict. And it's about um, there's principles like consideration. You can never fully understand what it is to walk in someone else's shoes. Uh, motivation. You know, when you come to the table, are you motivated by um, a frustration or jealousy or manipulation or control or insecurity, or are you motivated by insight and truth and truth and wisdom and solutions? And I talk about, you know, validating others, the appreciation piece, all those different things. So that's talk to me. Then fight song. Um, I, I really just feel like um, not only educators, but all of us as adults, we, we all have a story. And some of us have been, you know, we all are always in different chapters. Now, this past year, everybody has experienced collective sustained trauma. I mean, that's just the, you know, no matter, like, yes. But even when it's not the middle of a global pandemic, um, there are times in our lives where we go through ups and downs. And the book isn't depressing, but it does talk about things that I, I always say it's not chicken soup for the depressed soul. <laughs> but it but it does talk about a very dark period in my life when I, you know, I was betrayed. I ended up, you know, this single mom on the floor of my closet, sobbing my eyes out, you know, didn't know how I was going to pay my bills, didn't know how I was going to move forward, didn't know how I was going to find joy again or if I would ever even smile again. And yet I found my purpose and my meaning and I, and I started to understand things and to look at life very differently. And so I, I learned tools that I've used with other teachers to help them through difficult, dark times. And so the book is not only if you're going through a dark time, but really just to make you feel empowered and to understand your worth, but also to help you help other people as well. So um, Fight Song, yeah, I released it last summer, but last summer, you know, it was the middle of so much trauma and, and you know, it, and so many people were reading really we should always be reading books about um, about inequities and about how to um, how to be allies uh, and and how to combat racism and all that. So we should always be reading those books. But that was where people were reading us, and they should have been. I was reading those books, and I still do, and I have been for years. Um, 
So I, I released that book then. So I really, now I feel like hopefully some people might be able to pick this up and say, okay, now that I've been through this, I'm ready to get stronger and move forward. And so um, that's kind of why I decided to highlight Fight Song today. Well, and I love that you highlighted it because to your point, I mean, you can release a book whenever you want, right? Like there's so many different elements of publishing a story, but when you're able to put out a book, I, I love that it's been there. So when people are ready for it, they can pick it up, right? Versus waiting a year to launch it. There's, I'm, I, I can ensure thousands of educators that have read it over the past year that needed it at different points in time. And so the ability, whether it came out, you know, um, early, you know, when people were reading different pieces or not, it's wonderful that it's been a resource that's always been there. And if you haven't picked it up yet, this is now an opportunity to win. So I do want to do our last question. And then I have one more thing that I'd love to chat with you about, Kim, if you don't mind, for our last 10 minutes. Okay. Um, to win our final book that we'll be giving away for this segment, I'd love in the comments, we'll make it kind of easy. Can you tell us who I went to RCA with? What uh, Teach Better team member I went to RCA with? That would be great. Throw that in the comments. And then we will have our final winner. While those uh, comments are coming in, Kim, because we'll get to those and announce our winner here at the end of our segment, can you, um, if you don't mind, share a little bit about your own life? Something I really valued about meeting you and getting to learn from you is that you're a human being. And I know that sounds so <laughs> dorky because clearly people are, but you should know that you've been on a pedestal in, in so many regards uh, in my world. And I've really loved learning that you have had failures, you've had stories, you know, so many things outside of just being an educator in the classroom with students. And you've been willing to share that with so many teachers and teachers need the reminder that as we seemingly are working 24 seven, we're all just human hustling, right? Would, would you mind touching on that? Whatever you're comfortable sharing. Well, I, first of all, yeah, I think it's important to, to point out that we're all flawed, y'all. Comparison is that thief of joy. And I like, like I use social media. I, I share things on social media. But if you get caught up in thinking that everybody just has this glossy, you know, social media is the highlight reel, y'all. Nobody puts on there. Nobody puts on there when they're sitting there grading papers in the middle of the night and they got mascara down their face and they're like, and they're like, I didn't do my grades on time. <laughs> we just don't do that. Right. So, but I'm a highly flawed human, but I also, uh, you know, am a fighter. And uh, so, yeah, so I, um, the Cliff Notes version. Yes, I have been a teacher for 34 years. Um, I love it just as much now as the day I started, but not every year have I loved and not every time have I been successful and I've had good days and bad days in the classroom and ultimate failures and ultimate successes. too. So, so we know that. So Fight Song, it does talk about that. I um, Many years ago, I, I was married before, charming guy, traveled all the time have multiple women in multiple states. I did not have any idea. So you imagine the humiliation of that, let alone the heartbreak and the devastation and, and just not even having any idea and feeling like an idiot. You know, how could I not know? My daughter was young, um, left, took all the money, disappeared. It was like a movie of the week from Lifetime Television. And, um, and so, you know, I talk about how, how do you get up off that closet floor and stop crying, you know, and start to realize your value and your worth and your significance. Where do you find that, you know, your, your, your identity and who you are? And um, so the, the, the Cliff's Nose version is, you know, many ups and downs. But then in 2000, I met uh, Ron Clark and 
we were both Disney teachers of the year, which was really cool. And so he asked me to start the Ron Clark Academy with him. We just hit it off. We were like fast friends. And he said, come to Harlem and start a school with me. And I said, I, I, you know what? Harlem's great, but I, my family's in Atlanta. You got to come to Atlanta. And I won because the school's in Atlanta. So he came to Atlanta and it took us three years. And during that time I was a middle school principal and we still worked on starting this school. And then this school has brought me so much joy. Um, the year that I started the school, I got remarried to a beautiful, wonderful man um, who is now worth uh, 15 years in, in uh, uh, together. And uh, my daughter is now 31 years old. She is thriving. And I have the best part of the Cliff Notes version here at the end is that um, several years ago, um, I, we travel with our students when it's not a pandemic. And uh, we went to Soweto, South Africa. Um, we go there each year with our students. We work in schools and orphanages. And I met three of the most beautiful little boys who stole my heart. And so my husband and I adopted them and um, they joined our family at age 12. And they they speak five languages, uh, Sutu, Afrikaans, English, uh, uh, Sutu, Afrikaans, uh, Zulu, English, and um, Oh, Kosa. And um, and yeah, when I came here because of the inequities where they were and, and, and the lack of resources, they they couldn't they were they were struggling tremendously, couldn't read, you know, multiply anything. They came to RCA, our school um, teachers here poured into them. My husband and I and, and the teachers here surrounded them and helped it helped me raise my sons. And so now my three sons are all three freshmen in college doing all the work on their own and they're thriving in college. So I'm an empty nester now. Um, for the second time around, which is kind of interesting, but, um, and I teach and, and everything else. And then the other thing people ask me though, right? They always say, well, how do you do all those things? And the answer is not always well. And I think that's really important. So. Well, we, we've been emphasizing that like all week, all day. So we were like, wow, how do you guys do it? And I'm like, we don't, we have a whole I team. Don't. Sometimes yeah. we mess up, we messed up like multiple times in this live hour and you guys are all still here. So it's fine. Yeah, you know, it's like, um, I've had to learn to let some things go. So like, I like to have a really nice tidy house. And then I'm like, I, I get a point I'm like, you know what? Because if somebody would come over and they're like dishes in the sink, I used to get embarrassed. And now I'm like, there's dishes in the sink and you have a problem with that. Then I think you have the problem, not me. <laughs> you, know, like the person, you know? And so I think um, there's things that used to really wear on me. I used to worry that everybody has to like me. I feel like, you know, I'm like, well, nobody, I don't care. Ron, Ron is really a great equalizer for me. He said, he said, Kim, he said, we could give everybody in the world a Porsche and somebody will complain. It's not red. And I'm like, you're right. You know, so like things like that, I, as long as I, you know, I, my faith is very strong for me. I'm somebody, uh, you know, my faith is very important to me. And I'm just like, you know, as long as I'm doing what I feel like I'm called to do and, and living my life, I feel the way I'm called to the best that I can. I, I think that's important, but I'm, I'm a highly flawed person. Um, I, I am excited though, cause I, I was drinking 12 diet Cokes a day <laughs> and I haven't had one since September 1st. Whoa. That's so a big I deal. Would, I know some of y'all may be like, what's the big deal? Y'all 12 of anything a day is not good. Um, <laughs> and so 12, <laughs> and Unless so, him, maybe 12 M&Ms is okay. Do you think 12 M&Ms? Okay. Not 12 okay. bags of M&Ms though, but 12 M&Ms is great. We have but a, I, and like the, the big ones, right? Like I would drink like a big old Diet Coke and then literally go straight to bed and be able to sleep. Like that's not good. And so I'm trying to take really good care of myself because so that's a flaw. Like I, I got lots of stuff. I got lots of issues. <laughs> we all have issues. Don't we but all? As I feel like people, some people try to project that, oh, I got it all together. Some days I want to crawl. Like if, if everybody on here did not have a day during the pandemic where you didn't crawl in a ball and cry. And if you didn't, you wanted to. Like you just, <laughs> you just like, 
I was like, I am a hugger. And if like, I can't hug people, it's killing me. I can't stand it. You know, you, even though I'm so blessed, I have a job and I have a home. So I don't want to sound ungrateful. My gosh, because I mean, the pain and that made me want to cry too, because other people are in so much pain that it, that breaks my heart, you know? So, um, you know, we, we all, we all are flawed and, and that's what makes perfection is boring. I agree. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so true. And I am so appreciative that you've been able to share so much because there's so much out there that we all can continue to learn from each other. And it's such a wonderful reminder that even with the hurdles, even with the tough situations, you're still able to give and be successful and be happy and do so many things in life. And I wish nothing but happiness for everybody listening, everybody in the Teach Better family, regardless what you're going through, we're here to support you and we're all going to get through it together. And that's the best part of being affiliated with a family, which is kind of how we started this segment, the importance of family. Look at that. I love it. I love it. it. You know, Kim, you had one more book to give out and we have our incredible winner, Jackie Mojan. You are going to, oh, wait, 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 Katie Miglin, stop messing with my stuff. uh, Jackie, you are our winner. Great job guessing, Katie. Um, I do have to tell you, Kim, just a side story. I've known Jackie since she um, was very early in her career. She was in college studying to be a teacher and she multiple times was uh, able to come to my classroom. I was able to celebrate with her, uh, lesson plan with her. She's doing incredible work now as an educator in Chicago. We're so happy for you, Jackie. So keep up the good work. Um, the comments have been flowing in to celebrate you, Kim. I want to make sure people connect with you. You've already shared a lot of websites they can visit. There's a ton of free resources. Would you mind going through the main places again? That way, if they're just popping into this segment, they're able to stay connected to you on whatever social media platform you want to share. Okay. So first of all, all those things about the Ron Clark Academy, I gave you specific websites, but if you go to ronclarkacademy.com, you can link to all of them. So ronclarkacademy.com, if you're interested in coming for any of our professional development or learning about any of those opportunities that we have, and we conduct virtual op- uh, PD as well. And then I am Kim Bearden everywhere. So at Kim Bearden, I put it there at the bottom of my name, uh, at the bottom of my face. Um, so on, on Instagram and on Twitter and um, on Facebook, I also am Kim Bearden Educator. Kim Bearden Educator. Um, I've joined TikTok, but I haven't posted anything yet. So I think I'm Kim Bearden one. So I I, I haven't look, y'all, I just finally look, I'm I'm 55 years old. I, I we we got <laughs> I'm trying to keep up with everything. So I gotta get on TikTok, I know, because that makes me you know a, a relic if I don't. So I'm 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 ready to get started. It just hadn't happened yet. So there <laughs> We're so appreciative for you, Kim. You've shared so much today. I just want you to I just want you to know again. I so much appreciate all the work that you do personally as a classroom teacher. I know the Teach Better team could not be more appreciative that you joined us for our second to last hour of our 12-hour live. You have made my day. You've made so many educators' days. We really appreciate you. Thank you for being a part of the Teach Better family. Oh, thank you, Ray. I'm so grateful for the opportunity that y'all invited me. I love you. I love Jeff. Katie, thank you for helping get everything organized. And all of y'all are great. So thank you for all the work you do. And thanks for having me. So fun, guys. We have one more hour where we are coming back together and we're recapping with the team. So we'll be right back. 